1: Fibber, McGee, and Molly show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber, McGee, and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. You may smile when you see your youngster making believe in his outer space suit. Maybe there isn't much danger of a flying saucer invasion from Mars. But there is a possibility of an attack by a foreign nation. With today's superplanes, a surprise attack could be made on almost any American city. No one can even imagine the cost of destruction and the weakening of our entire national defense system. In spite of scientific progress, there is no magic way to defend ourselves against a sudden attack. Our Air Force command is always alert to protect us. But it needs a ground observer corps working 24 hours a day throughout the year. A civilian corps of intelligent citizens trained to on no know one supersonic plane from another. Right now, this ground observer corps needs more than 300,000 volunteers, especially on the east coast, the west coast, and the northern states. You can be proud to sign up for the silver wings of the ground observer corps. Write or phone your nearest civil defense center, or write to the Ground Observer Corps, Air Force, Washington, D.C. <laughs> Members of the younger set are approaching 79 Wistful Vista. They're engaged in a rather vigorous discussion as they walk along. And the subject of their debate is Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: He was too, I you. He was not. He was too, Willie Toop. you stop saying he was not when I keep saying he was too. Mr. McGee himself told me he was. He even showed me his medal. Oh, he's not smart enough to be a general team. Even in the First World War. Well, that's what he told me. President Wilson made him a general for a while so we could win the war. Oh, there's only one kind of general they could have made him that would have helped us win the war. What kind? <laughs> a German general. Ha <laughs> Just for that, Willie Coop, you can carry your own books home from school after this. And don't you try to buy any more ink from me either. You just fit your old wire pistol with someone else's ink. Oh, uh, don't get mad, Pete. I'm just kidding. You wish you don't have to go get mad. Gosh, you believe everything people tell you? I do not. I don't believe everything. Sometimes Mr. McGee tells me a story, and I ask him to, because he's a wonderful man and he likes tell children. But that's not a true story. It's just a story. Oh. I know the difference between truth and fiction, I betcha. After all, Willie really too. I'm not a child. Oh, How about the time he told you about the gorilla he trapped in his backyard that swam all the way over from Africa because he smelled Mrs. McGee's banana cream pie cooling in the window. You believe that? Well, naturally. It was very interesting. And that banana cream pie he gave me when I said he must have been very brave to trap a gorilla, that pie was just wonderful. You think he'll let us borrow the stuff for the nature study hike? The canteen and stuff? Mr. McGee will let me buy anything I want to. Because he is my very best friend. And he loves little children. Especially me. I'm going to ask him if he's got a nass too. Because a nass sack... I would suggest that you let me do the talking, Molly. He's my friend, not yours. Well, he likes me, too, though. I'll do the talking. Women do these things better than men. It's a womanly ignition, I betcha. And Mr. McGee, oh.
3: Phew. That was quite a job digging this stuff out of the attic, kid. but here you are. well. One knapsack, one canteen. There you are. Oh, boy. Thanks,
2: Mr. McGee. You're awful nice to little children. Oh, that's
3: okay, Jeannie. Glad to let you have it. So you kids are going on a hike, huh? Yeah,
2: Wednesday after school with our nature study teacher. Mrs. Rhodes. The one with the beard. Yeah, we're going to meet her. Whoa, them. whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Uh, huh?
3: Mrs. Rhodes?
2: Yeah. The one with the beard? Mm-hmm. A little black, tiny one. He's oh. <laughs> <laughs> talking. <Stop it>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Rhodes is no lady, Mr. McGee. He's a man. Indians? Did you ever know any Indians, Mr. McGee? Any real Indians? Did you? Did you know any? Hmm? Oh, naturally.
3: Hadn't been brought up
2: as a child by the savage Kickapoo
3: tribe of eastern Illinois. You were brought up an Indian tribe?
4: Oh, boy!
3: Didn't I ever tell you kids how our wagon train was attacked by the Kickapoo Indians when I was only six months old? And while I was busy reloading my dad's buffalo gun, our Kickapoo chief sneaked in and took me off to the Indian village.
2: No, you never did.
3: Uh, you kids just squat down here at my feet, campfire style, and I'll tell you all about it.
2: Hold your hat there, Munchausen. Here we go again.
5: Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. Hello there. This is Susan Hayward. I recently learned that cancer takes the lives of more children between the ages of 3 and 15 than any other disease. Now, any parent, anyone for that matter, will understand how this shocking fact struck me and how it made me want to help conquer this terrible disease. But alone, I can't do much. With you and with every other American, we can do a lot. We can help the American Cancer Society continue its effective programs of cancer research, education, and service to the cancer patient. All three of these programs are necessary if man's cruelest enemy is to be controlled. I ask you for the sake of the children and for us to give, and to give generously to your American Cancer Society. Mail in your contribution now to Cancer, care of your local post office. That's Cancer, care of your local post office. Please, do your part to help conquer Cancer.
2: pass examination for sixteen year old Indian Braves, and they make you a member of the tribe. You will kill a team, stop button Go on, Mr. McGee. Yeah.
3: Well, sir,
2: Dad was sure proud of me. Dad? Yes, he said a doctor them stupid. You know the one that snatched him from the wagon train? Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. Go on, mister McGee, tell us some more Yeah. Well,
3: after the dancing was over and all the shouts of for he's a jolly good fellow died down. The old chief raised his hand for silence, and he said, "Onga monga amonga hila kitchigumi ole."
2: What does that mean?
3: Gentlemen, be seated. Ah. Uh-huh. Then he turned to me, his adopted son, and he says to me, he says, "Moana, huh? What does that mean? That means you have done well learning the ways of the Indians, my son. And now that you are sixteen moons old, you must return to your own people, or they'll think you're lost. Your horse is packed. You must leave tonight.
2: Boy, that kickapoo sure is a strange language.
3: Oh, yeah. It took me a long time
2: to master it. And then you went back to your folks in P.I. Wasn't that's it? right,
3: Teenie. I never saw the old Chief again. Every time I see a hop-along Cassidy picture, I look for him. But so far, no luck. That's the story, kids.
2: See, that's kind of sad. It sure is. Can we have our canteen and knapsack now? we got to go to a meeting at our nature study teacher's house to talk about the heights. Oh, sure.
3: Here you are. Any
2: Indians out there mention my name? Gee, I wish you could go with us, Mr. McGee. You could show us some wonderful stuff over there, just like the Uh, Indians do. Come on, we gotta
3: hurry. Well, I wouldn't want to horn in on your nature study teacher, sis. Make him look like a tenderfoot. Wouldn't want to do that.
2: Okay. Gee, thanks for the canteen and stuff, Mr. McGee. Bye.
3: Go (laughs) on. Ah, cute kids. Boy, I can just see that poor teacher trying to keep them kids together out of Dugan's Woods. (laughs) Probably we forgot something. That's the way it's the kid's though. Oh, it's you, Molly.
6: Yeah, help me with these bundles. Oh, Mm. it's a good thing I've got an elbow or I'd have to ring the doorbell with my nose. (laughs) Thank you.
3: Well, bundles. Boy, looks like you bought out the store.
6: Incidentally, wasn't that teeny and the little coops boy who dashed past me as I came up the walk? Oh, yeah.
3: All the kids are going on a nature study hike Wednesday and they came by to borrow some stuff and talk it over.
6: You're not taking them, are you?
3: Me? (laughs) Me spend an afternoon tramping through the woods with ten slippery kids in a 40 pound sack. <laughs> Don't be naive. Good. I'm no Bernard McFadden. <laughs> Want me to help you put some of this stuff away?
6: No, thanks. I can manage it all right.
3: Uh, well, I think I'll stretch out here and take a nap. All this hike talk has got me kind of tired. Ah <sighs> boy, that poor teacher at Teeny's tramping through the cold, damp woods, trying to keep one eye on the trail and the other eye on them kids. That's the life of the teacher. I'm glad I spent my school days sitting in the corner instead of getting smarter. McGee? Hmm?
4: McGee,
6: wake up.
4: What's
6: the matter? I'm sorry to disturb you, dearie, but you have company. Teeny's oh. here and she has some wonderful news for you. Teeny, News? What kind of...
2: Mrs. Rhodes' house, our nature study teacher. He's sick. Sick? <laughs> He's got the mum. Oh. One of the kids gave it to him. Oh, boy, isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. Yeah, because now you can take our class on the hike Wednesday. Huh. Oh, boy.
6: Oh, 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 now, now, wait a
2: minute. Uh, yeah, we told our kids, and Mrs. Rhodes is so glad. Uh, yeah, but, 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 but. Yeah, he says it's just granted that we real Indian scout to take us because you were raised by the Indians. Uh, he goes pretty hours.
6: out, catch him, he's big trouble. Huh? Come on, Gitchy, me Wash up for dinner.
1: Fibber and Molly will be right back.
3: This is Bill Goodwin, ladies and gentlemen. I'm with Bob Hope and his morning radio show, and I'm wondering whether you've been listening to it. It's getting funnier and funnier. For instance, almost every day now, Bob has a question period with the audience. Just in case you haven't heard it, let's listen in on one now. Yes, my good man, right there.
4: Hold you, Robert. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Is there a sober man in the house?
5: (laughs) Yes, honey.
4: Were you born in nineteen
5: three? Down, sit down. Yes, honey. You always chew (laughs) gum.
3: you the only way I can keep my brain away.
5: <laughs>
3: yes, Too I bad we right. haven't time for all of it, but this is the kind of fun that's now making the Morning Bob Hope Show one of the great comedy radio shows of all time. Every morning on your NBC station. See your local paper for the time. Ah, uh, for the dog luck. What's the matter now? Ah, this book. it from Kramer's drugstore because I thought it might help me out on that hike with the kids
6: among the Indians. Yeah. Well, that should be just what you're looking for. What tribe of Indians is it? The
3: Cleveland Indians. Oh.
6: Yeah. Good night. <laughs> Good
1: night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Volley program transcribed with Richard Beals as Willie Toots. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night to see the squirming of Mr. McGee of Fibber, McGee, and Volley. Tonight, hear Jim Fleming and the heart of the news on the NBC Radio Network.
0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.